Hey everyone, I'm James Archery, and I'm going to be talking to you about how leadership and conflict go hand in hand. I'm going to share with you five tips on how to effectively deal with them, and I hope this resonates with you, and if it does, please hit the like button and the subscribe button to get more content like this. So what are those five tips? Defining acceptable behavior, hitting the conflict head on, understanding the what's in it for me factor, four is the importance factor, and five, viewing conflict as an opportunity. Look, there's no getting around that conflict is a full contact sport. I'm sorry, leadership is a full contact sport. And if you cannot address conflict in a healthy, productive fashion, then you should not be in a leadership role. I believe that effectively dealing with conflict is one of the most valuable skills a leader can possess. And from my perspective, the issues surrounding conflict resolution can best be summed up in three words. Deal with it. While you can try and avoid conflict, which I believe honestly is a very bad idea, you can't escape conflict. And the fact of the matter is, conflict in the workplace is unavoidable. It will find you whether you look for it or not. And that's a bad idea if you again try to not look for it and you try to avoid it. But the ability to recognize conflict, understand the nature of conflict, and be able to bring it to a swift and just Again, I'm not saying fair, but a just resolution to conflict will serve you well as a leader. And anyone, by the way, can be a leader. But the inability to do so may be your downfall as a leader and a professional. And how many times over the years have you witnessed otherwise savvy professionals self-destruct because they wouldn't engage out of fear of conflict? They put one's head in the sand, I can't deal with this, and hoping conflict will pass them by is not the most effective methodology for problem solving. Conflict rarely resolves itself. And in fact, conflict normally escalates if you don't deal with it proactively and properly. It's not at all uncommon to see what might have been a non-event manifest itself into a monumental problem if not resolved early on. And one of my favorite examples of what I described is the weak leader who cannot deal with subordinates who use emotional deceit as a weapon of destruction. Every workplace is plagued with manipulative people who use emotion to create conflict in order to mask a lack of substance. They're drama queens and kings that when confronted about wrongdoing and or lack of performance, they're quick to point the finger in the other direction, not I. They are adept at using emotional tirades that often include crocodile tears, again, blame shifting, little lies, half truths, and other types of manipulations to avoid being held accountable. The only thing worse that, and what I've just described is a leader though, who doesn't recognize it and or does nothing about it. Real leaders do not play favorites. They don't involve in drama and they certainly don't tolerate manipulative, self-serving behavior. Look, developing effective conflict resolution skills are essential component to building a sustainable business model. Unresolved conflict results in a loss of productivity, stifled creativity, and creates barriers for collaboration. And perhaps most importantly for leaders, good conflict resolution equals good employee retention. Leaders who don't deal with conflict eventually will start to watch their good talent walk out the door and search for a healthier and safer work environment. They feel like you have their back if you know how to deal with it. And when conflict is a normal part of society and organizational setting, the challenge of conflict lies in how one chooses to deal with it. Concealed, avoided, or otherwise ignored, conflict will likely fester only to grow into resentment, create withdrawal, and cause factional infighting within an organization. If you address it properly, it can lead to change, innovation, 
personal and professional growth, and countless other items that often end up as missed opportunities. I challenge you to change your view that you begin to perceive conflict as a gateway to opportunity. So what creates conflict in the workplace? Well, you've got opposing views, competitive tensions, power struggles, ego and pride and jealousy and discrepancies, compensation issues, just as someone is having a bad day. While the answer to the previous question would appear to lead that anything or just about anything and everything creates conflict, the reality is that the root of most conflict is either born out of poor communication or the inability to control one's emotions. So I think we should take a deeper dive at what are those two major causes of conflict. And I believe the first one is how we communicate. Look, if you reflect back on conflicts that you've encountered over the years, you'll likely and quickly recognize many of them resulted from a lack of information, poor information, no information, or misinformation. And let's assume for a moment you were actually lucky to have good enough information, but you didn't know what to do with it. Well, guess what? That is still a communication problem, which in turn can lead to conflict. Clear, concise, and accurate, and timely communication of information will help to ease the number and severity of conflicts. Secondly, conflicts are not competitions. We have to stop trying to win them and focus on enriching them. Lastly, while it's true every interaction is a chance to learn, to grow, to teach, and to mentor, it is important for leaders to remember these interactions can be more than refining moments. They can be your defining moments. And the second major cause of conflict is our emotions. And another common mistake in the workplace that leads to conflict is letting emotions drive decisions. I have witnessed many people in the workplace feel the need for emotional superiority ahead of achieving what the actual mission is, whether they understood what they were doing or not at the time. Have you ever witnessed an employee throw a fit of rage and resign their position in a heat of the moment? Well, if you have, what you really watched was a person indulging their emotions rather than protecting their future. I want to be very clear here. I'm not suggesting we become robotic people with no feelings and emotions, but rather develop better emotional intelligence so we can successfully convert stumbling blocks into opportunities. The very bane of human existence, which is in fact human nature itself, will always create gaps in thinking and philosophy. And no matter how much we all wish it wasn't so, it is. So the question then becomes, how do we effectively deal with conflict when it arises? It is essential for organizational health and performance that conflict is accepted and addressed through effective conflict resolution processes. And while having conflict resolution structure is important, effective utilization of the conflict resolution processes is ultimately dependent upon the ability of all parties to understand the benefits, conflict resolution, and perhaps most importantly, the desire to actually resolve the matter. And the following tips will help guide you in more effectively handling conflicts in the workplace. The first tip is defining acceptable behavior. You know what they say about assuming, right? Just having a definition for what constitutes acceptable behavior is a positive step in avoiding conflict. You've got to create a framework for decision-making using a published delegation of authority statements, encouraging sound business practices and collaboration, team building, leadership development, and talent management will all help avoid conflicts. Having clearly defined job descriptions so people know what's expected of them and well-articulated organizational framework to allow for effective communication will also help avoid conflicts. The second tip is about hitting it head on. While you can't always prevent conflicts, it has been my experience the secret to conflict resolution is in fact conflict prevention where possible. 
by actually seeking out areas of potential conflict and proactively intervening in a justice fashion, you're most likely gonna prevent certain conflicts from ever rising. And if a conflict does flare up, you'll likely minimize its severity by dealing with it quickly. The third one is the what's in it for me factor. It's about understanding about the other person's motivation prior to you weighing in. The way to avoid conflict is to help those around you achieve their objectives. If you approach conflict from the perspective of taking the action that will help others best achieve their goals, you will find fewer obstacles that will stand in your way with regard to resolving conflict. The fourth factor is the importance factor. You got to pick your battles and avoid conflict for the sake of conflict. However, if the issue is important enough to create conflict, then it surely is important enough to resolve. And again, if the issue, circumstance, or situation is important enough, and there's enough at stake, people will do what is necessary to open the lines of communication and close those gaps. The fifth tip that I have for y'all is you gotta view conflict as an opportunity. Hidden within every virtual conflict is the potential for a tremendous learning and teaching opportunity. Where there is disagreement, there is an inherent potential for growth and development. If you're a leader or any employee who doesn't leverage conflict for team building and leadership development purposes, you're really missing out on a great opportunity here. Think about it like this. If you avoid conflict, you're avoiding growth, change, and innovation. And in doing so, you're also avoiding the opportunity to lead. Bottom line, I believe resolution can normally be found with conflicts where there is a sincere desire to do so. Turning the other cheek, compromising, forgiveness, compassion, showing that empathetic soul and heart, finding common ground, being an active listener, service above self, and numerous other approaches will help you be successful in building rapport if the underlying desire is strong enough. When all else fails and potential gaps cannot be closed, resolve the issue not by playing favorites, but by doing the right thing and leading.